Test, test, test on the microphone. Justin is here uh, loud and clear. Okay. Yeah, you got to check your levels sometimes. I don't, I don't know what's going on with some of my recording equipment. It went back to some of the default settings. So <laughs> I, ho- I hope this doesn't reflect the type of episode we're going to have, you know. But hey, maybe we should go back to some of the default settings of this podcast. And that is to talk about things that you normally wouldn't talk about in the pulpit but need to be talked about. And one of those subjects is dating, engagement, (laughs) and wedding and marriage, because there's not a whole lot of talk about that from pastors. And, you know, they really shouldn't have to, because really families are the ones who should be uh, setting their children up for success for dating, wedding, and marriage. But a lot of parents aren't involved in their children's lives, so we're having to up the talking and the conversation about these things and falling in love because the world certainly hasn't been silent about how they view love and relationships. Uh, I mean, everywhere you look on social media, people are exhibiting themselves. My goodness. I, I can't even open up reels anymore on Instagram. I don't know what's going on. I remember when I first got on Instagram and you click on the little magnifying glass and all this, uh, filth and modesty came up and then uh, the the reels thing you know half the time I see David K. Bernard preaching my dad preaching Anthony Mangan preaching and then it's some serious PG-13 content just like boom, popping up like that and I asked somebody and they said well the people you are because I told somebody I said I'm not searching for that garbage you know I've done everything I can to protect my devices and my my friend said, it's not you so much your algorithm, your search or whatever, but it's people you follow that are into that stuff. And I thought, ah, so whatever's shown up in my Instagram, other people of my that I'm following, it pops up. So, so uh, we've made some changes and had to unfollow a few people and doing everything we can, but I, I can't watch it. I'm tired of people thinking that the best content out there is them exhibiting their rear ends. I'm tired of that. Uh, that that is that is not the way of the Lord. That's not what I want to be, and uh, I'm not trying to get in anybody's way or stop anybody's uh, from being proud of their uh, <laughs> their physical features. Whatever, I, I don't care. You know, be proud of how you look. Just do it with your clothes on. My God, but this overall glorification of the human body. It's sending a message to today's youth, today's people, and today's uh, mature and old and whatever. And that is body, 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 body. Have a good body. Have a nice body. Take care of your body. Be the best body you can be so you can exhibit it for the whole world to see. And I have a theory out there. God gave the body not for the whole world to see, but for your husband to see and for your wife to see. Your body is important, and it should be only reserved for an important person, not somebody you never met on your TikTok. Okay, this is what we call marriage. Yeah, you think God doesn't care about marriage? Well, you read your Bible in the book of Genesis. Very important. Laying the foundation of the world. God created everything in seven day, or six days of creation, seventh day he rested. But in that week's time of creation, everything he looks at and says, oh, it's so good. You know, he sees the sun. Oh, it's good. He sees the moon. Oh, it's so good. He sees the dry land. Oh, it's so good. He sees the sea, the fish, the birds. Oh, it's so good. 
the animals, all of that, it's so good. The only thing he looked at, at mankind and said, oh, it's not good, is when mankind was all alone. So God created a suitable helpmeet for Adam. And notice this, how God did it. He said, Adam, I want you to name all the animals. You know, before Adam got a wife, he had to obey the commandment of the Lord and do something, be a leader, uh, accomplish, acquire, take dominion over a territory. And that's what he was doing for, for Adam there, giving him responsibility. And that's what happens to young men. You need to learn a trade first. You need to become employable first. You need to do something to take authority in your life because I got to tell you guys, girls are after leadership and they are after energy and they're after production. What? You don't believe me? Fix her flat tire and uh, and, and and watch the, the butterflies swell all up in her tummy, all up into her countenance. Her face will turn red. She'll want to kiss right there, okay? So doing things, getting things done, okay? You do that, uh, it's God's going to look down at you and say, all right, it's time for you to go to sleep and I'm about to uh, uh, bring the wife to you. Okay, and you'll find a perfect match, somebody that it'll feel like she came right out of your side, right? And, and, so, and so then you have Adam knew Eve. So within the first three chapters of the Bible, there's a lonely guy, gets things done, and uh, God brings him a wife, and then they have marital relationships. That's right. Right in the beginning of the Bible, a love scene. A love scene. Uh, I'm trying to speak in code, trying to keep it God, Bible, and church family friendly, but can I just say it? Because I think I need to say it, because these days people aren't getting parables. These days people aren't getting spiritual enigmas, all right? They had sex, okay? They had marital sex. Yes, I said sex. And every once in a while, I think I should say sex. After all, if I do say sex, I think I know what happens. I get your attention. Sex. There, I got your attention. I got it more than I already have it. Because I'm in this to be an influencer. I'm in this to tell a message and every once in a while, I have to say, <laughs> I'm trying to keep a straight face. I have to say things uh, to get your attention. But I'm talking about marriage the way God designed it to be. And the family is under siege. You are listening to Justin C. Gleason. Please consider following and keeping this podcast playing in the background of your productive day. Give a five-star rating and support by giving through Cash App, PayPal, or Venmo at Justin C. Gleason. It's 2022, the year we prevail. The family is being attacked by this world because the family is created by God. Satan hates everything created by God. He's doing everything he can uh, to destroy, to foil, and to sabotage everything that God created. God created husband and wife, man and woman, okay? There is no gay with God. I mean, look at God himself. Did God, uh, uh, is God going to bring a husband to himself in heaven? No, he's going to have the bride. There's the bride of Christ. There is no husband to husband. <laughs> with God. God's not gay. The angels aren't gay. If anybody is gay, it's Satan. Satan loves gay. Satan's got the LGBTQ uh, flag waving in hell right now. That's how it is. So there is no gay with God. He created husband and wife. 
Uh, it's natural. How did you get here? Did you get here because of two gay men? Did you get here because of two gay women? No, you got here because of husband and wife, your biological father, your biological mother. Okay, I don't care if you were in vitro. That's how it works. Male seed and female seed. I seriously doubt any of you have been cloned, although it wouldn't surprise me if that happens <laughs> in the end of days. But So marriage is, is, is under siege, and having children is deeply and greatly under siege. And this world has this idea that children will ruin your body. So this over, they try to overcompensate it with the message of, uh, of uh, don't get married and don't have kids, but create some type of mutual agreement and partnership and adopt children together. Now, I love adoption. Uh, you know, Really, you and I, our relationship with Jesus, if you're a Gentile, is adoption. You and I had no promises. You and I had no covenants. You and I were not connected to Abraham. We were a people of far off. But through Jesus Christ, his light shone into our darkness and brought us into the covenant. He had mercy on us because he willed to have mercy. He wanted to have mercy on us. He didn't have to have mercy. He wasn't bound to mercy, but he did have mercy upon us and brought us in. Israel was like an olive tree, Paul says in the book of Romans. And we were like a wild branch engrafted into that tree. Uh, farmers uh, to this day still practice this to keep their ancient olive trees alive on their property. When branches begin to break off, they they take new branches from other trees and uh, do this uh, process where they bore a hole, use uh, some natural glue from sap of other trees and engraft, literally put in a new branch and it grows and, and develops in that tree. That's what you and I are. We were brought into this. Okay. Uh, and God wants the Gentile church to get the revelation of what God gave Israel long ago. And that is the beauty of marriage. Nothing better for a man to do in this lifetime than to marry the woman he loves and to have children with her. But we are under siege. And I just feel so compelled to bring this message to the apostolic church about marriage because it's in trouble. And I, I don't think it's the preacher necessarily messing things up. I don't think pastors are doing anything to hinder it. I think it's just this culture out there of once you graduate high school, uh, prom night, experiment, lose the virginity. And then by the time you are 20 years old, uh, have about uh, 30 different lovers, maybe even 300 lovers, and then maybe get married at 23, divorce at 25, remarry again at 27, and by 30, you have two divorces on your record, and maybe a couple kids out of wedlock, maybe a few abortions, and maybe uh, finagling your way and get into getting government checks. That's the future. I have a different idea of a future for you. How about... <laughs> You, uh, you, you figure out when you want to get married, count back two or three years, and that's when you can start dating. You want to get married at 18? Okay, maybe you can start dating at 15 and 16, or courting, perhaps. But my idea is, a good timeline is to get married uh, around 25, maybe around 23. Because by then, you've had some uh, life experience. You've come out of your childhood and adolescent years. You've grown up a little bit. You've struggled a little bit. You've learned to uh, manage money a little bit. You've had a few jobs, maybe you've got some education, you've learned to trade, you become employable, you are able to run a household. That's what I think you should do. And uh, you need to start talking about life together. See, the beautiful thing about dating is why, why I think dating is so important and foundational to a healthy relationship is because dating is a way to fall in love, be in love without any responsibility at all. And then once you get married, that's when the uh, crazy starts. Well, to avoid that crazy, you need to sit down and talk. 
about your future, about life, about how you want to exist and how you want to live. And something that should be at the very top of that list is having children. It should be at the top of that. Don't don't put that down at the bottom. Don't put that down at the bottom. You know, where you want to live, what you want to do, where you want to go to church, what you want to be and having children. That's a good thing to do, right? So, yeah, that's that's what we want. That's what we want for you. Having children is so important. You know, like I said, this world, it's the, all about the body. They're wanting to, I think, it's not, hey, look at me. It's, hey, look what you can be. That's what I think Satan is trying to do. And he's trying to destroy people from wanting to have children because a child will ruin their bodies. <laughs> you know, people are worried about their physiques. They're worried about their thighs. They're worried about their hamstrings, their calves, their ankles, their lower back. I'm dancing all around what really people are thinking about what's on their mind, and that is their butts, their glutes, their abs, their navels, their necks, and everything else. They think somehow... You have a child and immediately you become hideous. Ladies, not true at all. Can I get a witness from all the men? Let me tell you, if he truly, truly loves you, truly loves you, and he's truly a man of God, and he's truly loyal for you and only keeps his eyes on you, your body is going to become better to him after children. I'm not going to go into details. I don't want to. But I talk to guys, and we all agree on this. Godly friendly, God, godly friends of mine. There's a deeper love for our wives after the after we start having children with them. I don't know. It just like ups the level of commitment. It ups the level of companionship when you bring a baby into this world together. So, girls, don't worry about your body. He'll love you even more. It'll be even better for you. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not easy. Yes, things change. I mean, it's. I mean, you 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 talk to your doctors. I mean, it 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 puts a lot of stress on the body. It does a lot of things, and it's a part of what we were talking about in Genesis, going back to the curse that uh, the Lord would multiply pain and sorrow in the bringing of children into this world, uh, travailing and stuff. You know, Jesus even talks about that relating to the end time. So it's not easy, but uh, don't worry about your marriage with children. Children are going to bring your marriage together. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. It's the greatest thing you all are ever going to do together. Getting a house together is wonderful. Buying cars together is wonderful. Doing ministry together is wonderful. Having life experiences are wonderful. But the greatest thing of all that you're ever going to have and accomplish as a married couple is having children. So I love adoption. Some of you, I feel like you're called to it. I'd rather there be an adoption than an abortion. I'm really to that point. I, I believe abortion is probably the darkest thing in the world right now. Far darker than homosexuality, far darker than uh, all them drag queens and trans this and and snip and cut and do this. Abortion is the darkest of them all. And so I'm up for anybody, anybody who want to adopt to save uh, the the lives of these uh, precious children. Okay, that is where I'm at. So I want you to have kids. I want you to get married and have kids. I want you to do the family thing because the world is giving up on family and they're looking to their government to be the guardian of their children. They want to create a village to raise their children. Let me tell you, you 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 look for the village to raise your children, all you're going to have is the village idiot raising your children. <laughs> 
And I, 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 I you know, you've heard people say, oh, it takes a village to raise the child. You know? uh, that is a cop out for uh, parents who just are a disaster. They suck. They don't know how to work. They don't know how to keep their family together, but they love drugs and they love their alcohol and they love their porn. <laughs> my drugs, my alcohol and my porn. That's what gives them joy. The thought of being a parent absolutely disgusts them and they hate them. I, I've been saying it now to my kids every day for the past several weeks. I, I got a re- revelation from God the other day of his love as a father. I was praying early one morning and God said to me, it was, it was around right after I turned 40. God said, Justin, I love you. And I wanted you. (laughs) He loved me and he wanted me. He had me in his mind on the cross. He wanted me. And I've been saying that to my children, all three of them. Kids, I love you. And I wanted you. I did. I always wanted to be a dad. You know, I thought about it when I was, uh, you know, getting into my late teens, when you start really thinking about getting married, start finding the one. But I really thought about it after Sister G and I's honeymoon, we came home and we sat down and made a plan. It's good to make a plan, by the way. It'll keep you on the same page with your spouse. Let each other know what you're thinking, negotiate and come up with a plan that both works. And uh, we said in the year 2010, see, we got married on May 22nd, 2010. We, we did. We went on a great honeymoon. And then when we came back, we sat down, we talked about the future, and we decided, uh, we, we, we looked at the details of our life, and we said, we can save this amount of money and collect this amount of money to put a down payment on this style of house. And so we both agreed, saving the money for the house comes first, and whatever's left, that's when it can be discretionary money. So that's what we did. In 2013, you remember that that, that year, uh, housing prices were so low, and interest rates were so low, it was unlike anything America had ever seen. We bought a beautiful big old house next to nothing and got a great low rate and put down a very nice down payment, got that house and went to work on it. So we also said right after that honeymoon, it's a great, it's a great time to make plans right after that honeymoon, right? And uh, <laughs> so then we also said when well, we want to buy a house, so we, we did that after three years, but also in the, after that honeymoon, another conversation was how many kids do we want to have and when do we want to have them? We decided... You know, no matter when we have kids, you'll never feel ready. You'll never be ready. So if the kids come sooner, we're going to be okay with it because we want the kids. We love the kids. But we decided uh, to, to, to try to structure it, right? Structure it. You know what I'm talking about? Structure it in, uh, for five years, after five years of marriage. So 2015, uh, have the kids. Okay. So let me tell you this. Having children is, um, it, everything's a prayer, right? Every failure is a prayer failure, right? So you need to pray about kids. You need to immerse having children with prayer because, I mean, read it in Genesis. It's pain and sorrow, okay? Miscarriages are there. Stillborns are there. Defects are there. Pray, pray, pray. Cover it in prayer. Do everything you can to be healthy, to be well, and to time it and do it as best as you can. I want listeners to be happily married and have beautiful children. Because it pleases the Lord and we need that in this world. I'm like almost thrilled to death when I'm driving through the neighborhood and I see a mom pushing a, a stroller with kids in it. As, you know, a woman of the world. As long as I see that, I believe there's hope and a future for this world. Let me tell you, I was getting coffee the other day. 
and I pull up behind this crazy looking car. You know, a car can reflect somebody's spirit. It really can. A house can reflect somebody's spirit. Clothing reflects somebody's spirit. You know who you really are. It'll come out in your stuff. Let me tell you, it was a uh, it was a Jeep, and uh, it was just crazy looking. She had a dream catcher hanging from her mirror. Let me tell you, you want demons? Get a dream catcher. It's not a dream catcher. It's a demon catcher. Demons love dream catchers. It's an object invented dreams, but in all reality, it was to attract dreams into the uh, uh, spirits into your dreams. Okay. I don't want to get into that. Just take my word for it. You got a dream catcher. You got demons. Get it out of your house. Get it out of your car. I'm telling you. So I see the dream catcher and I'm like, oh, yikes. And then I look at her bumper stickers. And she had two bumper stickers. One said, my kids have four paws. (laughs) My kids, not my pets. My kids have four paws. There's nothing wrong with having pets. I believe we should be kind to animals, respectful to animals. Um, by the way, if you're one of those people that believe you, you can't worship on Sunday, you got to worship on Saturday, and you can't celebrate Easter or Christmas because it's pagan, if you have pets, you're a hypocrite. Pets are pagan <laughs> for the pagan-sensitive people. That's right. Look it up. The Jews forbidden it. To treat an animal and domesticate it like a human was what the pagans did. They worshipped animals, loved animals, wanted the spirit of the animals in their home. <laughs> So uh, think about that before you start blasting uh, Christmas, you hypocrites, you, right? <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm serious. I'm joking. I say it in love. I say it in frustration. I don't despise you as a human being, but I, I'm, I'm about tired of all these people that are hating on Christmas. The people that hate on Christmas, look at them. Look at their life. You will know them by their fruits that hate on Christmas and hate on the Christmas trees. They got dysfunctional family because Christmas The Bible story and then all of the things that go around with it, you know what it's designed for? Family. They have a dysfunctional family. They can't stand family and they're trying everything they can do to not have anything to do with love, joy, and cheer with their family. Okay? And that's what this lady, this uh, this car, this dream catching, my kids have four paws. You know, she loves animals more than kids, you know. Uh, (laughs) She would rather have a, a shit than a son she'd rather have a dalmatian than a daughter right you know the type and then she has this other despicable blasphemous sticker on the back of her car and it's a a picture of of uh, a diagram of uh it's a drawing you know it wasn't pornographic but it's uh female genitalia you see the uterus you see the fallopian tubes and at the end of those tubes they're all tied up, and at the end of it are two hands, and it's got, and each hand's got the middle finger up. <laughs> yeah, no pets, no kids, dream catcher. That's the message going on in the world right now for today's youth. No kids, get dogs. But the Word of God says, get married, be fruitful. You know what fruitful means? Passion. <laughs> Enjoy each other. And then multiply, that means have kids. That's right. You need to get married and have kids. I realize not everybody's called to that, but it's extremely rare. But for the rest of us, most of us, God puts those desires in your heart for a reason. Because it's his will to grow and to populate the world, to fill up the church and to one day fill up heaven. God wants to be involved in your marriage, 
He wants to be involved in you bringing children into this world. That I can tell you, believe me. The Justin C. Gleason Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please leave a five-star rating and a great review. Contact me at justincgleason at gmail.com. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Justin C. Gleason. And share this episode with your friends. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level. I want to give a very special shout out to a friend of mine and fellow podcaster, Brother Hagen Lee. Got a great podcast. Last year around this time, I did an episode on having kids. And uh, he texted me that he, he and his wife are starting to have serious conversations. And I won't go into all of it, but it's a miracle, a miracle uh, that they have a beautiful baby girl named Naomi. She was born this past November 15th, an absolute miracle. But uh, I prayed for him, and yeah, I even say I prophesied to him. We were uh, texting. I texted him. This was in December of 2021. I said, "The Lord, may the Lord give you a child. May the Lord help you and give you supernatural conception to have a child by Christmas time of 2022." Sure enough, it happened November 15th before Christmas. So when you get into agreement and prayer with somebody, you have faith. God will step in and work a miracle. And I, I'm so uh, happy for Brother and Sister Lee. Beautiful Naomi is so blessed to have you all as parents. And if there is a couple here, or even a single person here right now, you want children to be in your future, pray for it, supplicate for it, pour out your heart about it. I'm not saying you got to do it every day, but anytime it comes to your mind, you think about having children, stop and pray for it. Stop and pray for it, okay? Do that, and when it happens, send me a message. I love it. I love getting that feedback from you all. The Lord is blessing couples with children. This is how you pray. God, give us conception. Give us conception. Because that's really where you need the God factor. The conception is where the uh, complications start. That's the part of the flaws of the human body. Pray for conception. I know that may feel weird, but it's a biblical term. You know, what did Gabriel tell Mary? That which is conceived in you is of the Holy Spirit. Conception, conceive, is a biblical term. Use Bible words in your prayer. That's how you get the attention of the Spirit and how you start praying through faith and all that. We've talked about that. Use Bible language in your prayers. I want to give a special shout out to Joel Breedlove. (laughs) He is the son of Pastor and Presbyter Scott Breedlove over there in Jefferson City, neighbors of mine. And, uh... Uh, Brother Breedlove, I was talking to him on the phone the other day, and he said, hey, he said, my son Joel was listening to your podcast in the airport, just listening to your podcast, and he looks up, and your dad, Stan Gleason, comes walking by, (laughs) and Joel's like, how is this a coincidence? I'm listening to Justin Gleason, his dad walks by, and Joel got up and talked to him. I just thought that was really cool, so shout out to uh, Joel Breedlove. We thank you for your service in American military, and we love the Breedloves very, very much.
Getting after it. Wow. The Church of Ukraine has had enough <laughs> of uh, their president, Zelensky. Look, I, re I remember this past February. It was after church, late on a Wednesday night in February. I was stuffing my face with a delicious snack. And I was watching, I think it was Laura Ingram, maybe Shannon Bream on Fox News. And they start talking about this invasion of, of uh, Ukraine, Russia invading Ukraine. It was Laura Ingram, and her eyes got big. And I could just tell, because normally she keeps kind of a straight face, you know, kind of that kind of half grin, you know, just that permanent smile, right? And I could see the look of fear in her eyes and the look of terror upon her countenance. And when I saw that, I knew, whoa, this is real. This is not a joke. It's real. And as more and more began to unfold, you know, Putin bad, Zelensky good was kind of the narrative that everybody was pushing. But I went to prayer and the Lord spoke a few things to me. And uh, I asked God, I said, Lord, is, is this wrong for Putin to do? Is this evil? Is this this horrible? You know, all this stuff. And what do I say? What do I do? And God told me, he said, this isn't your call. This is really none of your business, is it? <laughs> I was shocked to hear that. <laughs> and so um, I kind of went with that. Whether this is good, this is evil, whether it's right or wrong, it is not my place to judge. See, to judge, you got to have a place. It's got to be appropriate. You get, it, it, you really can only judge things that are your business if it connects to you. The United States really has no national security interest at all in Ukraine. At all. But I get it. You know, President Zelensky and his initial uh, talking points, I mean, it was just, I watched it listen to it it was it was something all his talks about freedom and stuff things that we as americans identify with you know i thought well there might be something here but and then you hear uh putin up there talking and all that stuff you can clearly see russia is the aggressor this was not a provoked war ukraine did nothing nothing to justify this invasion at all okay so you got that going so i you know, you got to have a heart for a situation like that. But they, all the things that Zelensky talked about were freedom and and liberation and independence. Those are things that us in the United States of America believe in and that we have. But it was about, I don't know, two or three weeks into that, I started looking into the situation and what I was feeling and trying to maybe piece it together with end time Bible prophecy and things like that. Because, I mean, we've been on high alert this entire uh, decade of the 20s with this uh, COVID-19, which is a pestilence, and then talks of famines and now a big war and, and a very serious war, a serious war that uh, could very well suck in the entire war, world into war, World War III, uh, talks of uh, nuclear warfare. I mean, this is serious. I've been following it. And talking about it here and there, I don't want to, you know, wear out the conversation and the narrative, but I'm still very concerned and even getting more and more concerned at some of the things that uh, Zelensky is doing. It's like, is he uh, now becoming a dictator? Now, understand this. Uh, in leadership, they will do things that don't make sense to you. And one of the reasons why is because you don't know what they know. 
If your pastor ever decides to do something to change something, to put somebody in place, to take somebody out of place, and you're like, oh my God, they were such a good person. Oh my God. And you're wondering, why in the world would they do that? Or maybe he he uh, pronounces his blessing upon somebody who's divorced and remarried, and you're like, oh my God, you know, they, what is this? You know, this is a country. This is sin. You know, you need to trust your leadership because they will do things for reasons that you can't know out of respect to somebody else's privacy. And I hope that is what's going on with Zelensky for the freedom of his country uh, to, to win this war. Because I want him to win. I do. I'm with the people of Ukraine. I t- those videos of those people fighting and in combat and surviving. I remember one guy was driving his car in a big old Russian tank, rolled right up o- over him. And that, and that Russian man served, survived it. I mean, those people are as tough as heck. And uh, uh, learning how to combat civilians, getting guns, learning how to combat and fight, it's just amazing that they've had to totally change their thinking. And it's it's come into survival and fight mode. I love that. And I pray for the church in Ukraine often. And uh, so we got all that. But Zelensky, I'm looking at him because I look at every world leader. Wondering what's going to happen to set up the system of the beast, okay? you got to keep your eyes on that. It's Bible, okay? But I'm starting to wonder if Zelensky is just uh, becoming a dictator, okay? So I mean, you can read about it in the news. He's basically uh, silenced and censored all other political opposition and, and boiled it down to one party. Yeah, I mean, he's just like banned. He's just put aside everyone else. And uh, I don't know the, the exact numbers. I think I saw in the billions... I think I saw 100 and a billion, or was it 100 millions? Either way, that is a lot of money. It's got to be 100, uh, 100 billion dollars, U.S. dollars. If I'm wrong, send me a message and we'll correct this with a fact check, okay? <laughs> Billions of U.S. dollars uh, to, to start boiling it down to just him and his people and his party. Do you like that? Do you want that? I don't know. I'm not so sure that's good. Uh, I'm reading here, he has shut down any all media that was critical of him. That ain't good. But the part that really disturbs me and what I'm seeing, he is shutting down churches. He has had clergy arrested. Now, I haven't seen any of our <laughs> apostolic men and brethren uh, and sisters getting taken away in handcuffs. I haven't seen that, but I am seeing some of these church in Ukraine bishops and some of the, the ladies that minister and serve. I don't know what you call them. Uh, uh, being hauled out by the Ukrainian police. Their armies are coming in and shutting down churches. And I'm like, oh my God, if they'll come after the Catholics, they're coming after me. And you're seeing a shutdown of religion. Does that not concern you? That concerns me. You know why they're doing it? All in the name of war. All in the name of Ukraine. I, I don't get that. Why is he going after these bishops in this church? I, I remember, I remember if Zelensky is all about, you know, silencing opposition, you know, if you're, you're a traitor to the country, whatever. I, I don't understand that That's because he was preaching freedom and liberation and this or that. And we're, we're a democracy. It, all, it doesn't sound it or look like it to me. But then again, he may know things that I don't know. I know Abraham Lincoln did that. <laughs> he sure did. You may not know that. He silenced media. He imprisoned opposition. He sure did. I guess leaders got to do that. But the shutting down of the church, not good. Not good for your nation. Not good for the morale of the nation. Okay? I I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I worry about it for my own people and my own group here. 
Because if you know you get into war and it starts becoming a trend now, the only way to win the war is to close up the church. Where does that leave us? Okay, did Joseph Stalin do it? Yeah, he did. Will Joseph Biden do it? That's yet to be determined. But I just feel it. I'm sensing it. Not from God, but just from what I'm looking at. We're already given a lot of money. We're already given a lot of weapons. It's only time before we give our military. That's right. The world is going to get sucked into another war. I'm praying about it. I'm trying to get answers from God about it. And all I got from God is not your business. <laughs> Don't judge the matter. And uh, so I think a lot of the world is starting to see the Zelensky is no uh, Winston Churchill. <laughs> He's starting to be a strong dictator, shutting down the church and closing down this and silencing the media and getting rid of these other political people and this or that and the other. Not good. I want you to remember something about Zelensky. You know, he was up there in those little green T-shirts every day. (laughs) I get he's trying to look militant. That's fine. Whatever. But uh, I I don't know. The suit and tie for a political leader is, I I think, a much better look, especially when you're in office, right? But anyway, remember up there, he was screaming and yelling, threatening Russia with American money. I just, it it was just like weeks and weeks, and all you can hear is, and then uh, that that one speech he gave, he started screaming, I'm a Jew! I'm a Jew! I'm a Jew! He was trying to incite that this was like another Holocaust uh, coming against the Jewish community. I'm thinking you were using your religion, your Jewish religion, as as like a uh, a, a weapon and and to try to uh, get some uh, good compassion there that they were uh, it was going to be another Holocaust and God forbid we ever have one of those we'll do everything we can to stop that but the shutting down of the church has got me very very disturbed and you know why you can read about it in Bible prophecy. Uh, specifically the teachings of Jesus leading up to the tribulation, not the tribulation, leading up to the tribulation. He said, you are going to see wars. You're going to hear of rumors of wars. That has been happening. You're going to have pestilence. That's COVID-19 and all the other weird viruses that are going around. I'm seeing it on social media. Churches are closing again because of uh, uh, the flu and RSV and, and other respiratory infections. We got pestilence in the land. Famines. It's happening various places throughout the earth. Thank God for uh, the supply chain here in the United States. But what they do, they, you know, diesel fuel now is under siege. You know, what's what's going to happen when the trucks can't go get from A to B? What's going to happen? Famine. It's coming. Jesus said men's hearts are going to fail them for fear for the things that are happening on the earth. You want to know why there's a rise in mental illness? Because people are looking around and seeing the craziness of this world and it's driving them mad. Their hearts are failing them for fear. What else happens? You will be hated for my name's sake. They will imprison you and they will shut you down and put you on trial. So when I saw that bishop up there, you know, with that men's choir and he's up there in that big old robe and big old hat and all that and speaking Ukraine. Beautiful language. Love the sound of that. I wish he would have gotten a little angrier. You know, if, if Zelensky's up there, blah, 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 blah. I wish that bishop would have started uh, slamming his fist and yelling and screaming. Blah, 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 blah. I just would have loved that. But I mean, he's he's blasting him saying you're not Ukrainian. Oof. I, I, w- I wish I had a transcript. I saw a little bit of, of, of the captions there underneath, but he was blasting 
Zelensky and his regime for his threats against the church. He's wanting to shut down the church of Ukraine. After all, a lot of this uh, war uh, in Putin's mind was to restore holy Russia. My God, you know. (laughs) But uh, church, um, my message in this second segment is to wake you up. Uh, We're we're, we're not, uh, we're still in the thick of it, y'all. Uh, don't get comfortable. Don't get put at ease. That's what happened in uh, 2019. We were so at ease. And then COVID-19 came. Well, don't be at ease because COVID-19, it came and it's come and gone. But now what's upon us? War, rumors of wars and famines. Men's hearts failing them for fear. And yes, persecution. Church, pray. It's not a once saved and always saved. Oh, no. It's once saved, stay saved. Don't backslide. Don't fall in love with this present world. Keep your heart and your mind right with God. Don't get bitter at your pastor. Don't become full of hate and deception. Believe the truth. Love the truth. Buy it and sell it not. Get right with God. Get loyal. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We are in the thick of it, people. We're in the thick of it. But Jesus said, when you see these things come upon the earth, don't hang your heads. But he said, lift your heads up for your redemption draws nigh. He said, when you see these things, don't start carousing. Don't start to become deceived and pulled down with this world. Oh, no. He said, you keep watching for your Messiah. I know war is heartbreaking. I know famines. My God, it's devastating. I know pestilence. It just, it messes everything up. But these things are not meant to discourage us, but these things are signs from Messiah that his return is soon. Get your life right. Fall in love with God. Fall in love with his word. Fall in love with the church. Get it together. So you can join us all together when we meet the Lord in the air. I'm Justin C. Gleason. God bless you. Thank you very much. (laughs) 